0: GlamviaConnect.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Farmview well, as usual, it's Kieran O'Connor here with your weekly farming programme. And once again, I have a very busy show for you this week. When well, on this week's programme, I talk to well-known Balnacorti potato grower Colin Ryan about this year's crop of early potatoes. I'll also preview Sunday's Embrace Farm's annual remembrance service for loved ones lost or survivors of serious farm accidents. And plus, I hear from a delighted knocking horse trainer, Henry de Bromhead, who last week received the prestigious Freedom of Waterford. And plus, as always, I'll have our farming calendar. Farmview with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
2: With Glambiaconnect.com Ireland's biggest online farming shop and
1: more well, One area of Waterford renowned for early potatoes of course is Ballinacorty just outside Dungarvan So earlier in the week I took a trip out to Ballinacorty to meet one of the chief growers out there, Colin Ryan First of all Colin, how is this year's crop going and when did you actually start with the new spuds? Uh, we started about two
3: weeks ago Kieran, and uh, all is going well so far anyway and we're happy with yields and
1: happy with the way everything is going. So. And the price is good, a little bonus. So as regards to varieties and, and when you start, how well has that changed a lot over the years? Are you still uh, kind of starting roughly around the same time? Uh, weather seems to have changed in
3: springtime the last few years. You seem to get a, a later winter, maybe the, not the most ideal conditions. But we got in around the 1st of March this year. So it was probably a, an average year. To get in and time and everything kind of went well and with the cold weather in May which I suppose slowed things up but as I said we grow a lot of it under, yeah. a lot of potatoes under polythene now which is a big help and that drives them on and gets them through So when you say the a lot, w- would, would a large percentage now be under plastic? I'd say we do up to 25% of our crop. Right, so plastic. therefore
1: uh, starting this year
3: when did you actually start picking this year? Uh, We started around the 6th of June, probably with the cold May. It set us back 10 days. All was going well to be going 10 days before we got the cold May. With a few risky nights where uh, you'll be very worried going to bed with the frost, right. because that can uh, write right off the whole lot pretty fast. So so otherwise it was reasonably okay. It was, you know. it yeah. was. The
1: cold, the cold would make you nervous, but we got through it like yeah. so. The Courtney spud, it's renowned. Just for we came came on air you mentioned that you're supplying literally all over the south of Ireland.
3: Yeah, I suppose demand for spuds has dropped, and uh, the last few years people buy smaller quantities. So in order for us to sell our produce and shift it as fast as we can, we kind of have to travel with it now but it works too because we'd be in season maybe when another part of the country wouldn't be we kind of have a they call it a microclimate here with the sea and the, right the, and of course the breezes, that's sandy so. soil and the sandy soil it warms up very fast in the spring so you know you get a good kickstart and you, you're, you're getting ahead of the rest of the competitions so.
1: You were literally brought in and, and bred into this whole um, Bellinacorti spud the early spud but the amount of families just before we come in here again we mentioned the Folleys, the Hanrahan's the Morrissey's the Kylies Padjo Barry you name it over the years it was renowned for growth but unfortunately you were nearly one of the last men standing as regards uh, we'd say quantity of early early competitors
3: yeah, I suppose going back to it, my mother was one of the Ryan's and uh, my uncle's have been very big uh well they would have been good growers and they had a substantial amount uh, of crops so i suppose i didn't tend to get into it but then when the recession came and there was nothing to do i just kind of fell back into it and yes. lucky enough look you're learning at this every day and lucky things are going well for us so, so, the, so. it's
1: calling the early potato the, the, the Kylie's early, and,
3: yes. and and uh the Kylie's and the is still growing here as well, so you've kind of tree, tree families. three, three families, three
1: families keeping up that great tradition. Yeah. As regards varieties, we just touched on it earlier. Have they changed a lot, as is very much the same varieties um, over the last decade or so? We've probably cut back on
3: the quantity of one varieties. Yeah, you know if you know what i mean tis we grow a small bit of home guard we don't grow as much queens anymore we kind of spread out our varieties to get right. us into christmas we started dabbling with chip and potatoes just to learn about and see if we could get them in early and fill gaps in the market And there's
1: a big difference in the requirement from the chip potato yeah it's I, a stupid I, I,
3: no i started it last year i tried it as a trial and it's it, it is a different it's a different kind of it's a different system and different things to learn about right. it but we'll get there we'll get there we'll keep it going.
1: You've started digging as you said and picking since the 6th of June number wise then obviously a lot of uh, local labour required for that it's difficult to get guys on board I know uh, a lot is automated but still you can't beat the, the hand picking. Yeah we'd pick the, the very
3: first one by hand and then we move on to the harvester pretty quickly but there's four of us or five of us out here in the fields the whole time working here so we tend just to do it ourselves and, and, and keep the work ahead of us just to keep us all going.
1: We start. You started the 6th of June this Year will you, will you have potatoes uh, for the market right up to the end of the year? Uh, we'll have them right up to the we, we hope to be gone for Christmas yeah. Day. That's the, that's <laughs> right. the,
3: that's the plan year. anyway. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Colin, as regards the, the sale of these, we mentioned about the, that you're distributing to wholesalers and customers but locally in Dungarvan and before in an interview you mentioned to me, we're steeped in Dungarvan. you have your own Blackwater produce or Bellicorti mm-hmm. produce yeah. uh, which is very near the Friary um, College in Duxpool. You have, you have Country Store with, um, with, with Connor, with Colin, yeah. Connor and, of course, Johnny Lynch's veg. Having three people supporting local veg growers is huge. Oh, it's massive because
3: it brings down transport costs. Sure, it's it's the most efficient way to do it, isn't it? Grow it local, sell it local. Like, the minute you start hauling stuff up the country, like, you have transport costs. And sure, look, we're going with the greens. We'll have a lot of emissions and things. So,
1: you know, the the simplest thing works best to all of us. As regards, then, the um, outside of potatoes... Collie is, is probably ca- ca-
3: would be our main, would be a, a, a big thing here yeah. We do a lot of ca- cauliflower there in the winter time.
1: So you would be kind of starting in the autumn, September, October. Start
3: October and we run it right up to June till more inland and come in. We're kind of filling gaps, that's right. what we try to do, we try to make the most of where so we something are. something happening
1: all year round yeah. really. As regards rotation, how important is rotation and is it a big part of producing that quality product?
3: It, it, it's it's huge. Like the early crops, we tend not to go outside Bananacorty because we won't get the same results and it can turn into a disaster pretty quickly. So we tend to try and get what land we can get in Bananacorty and keep it for early production. Then we'd move more inland when we can just to you know, to free up the land. And it's always good to get fresh ground and stop disease coming in, stop, uh, exactly, keep it all and, going.
1: And I, I suppose really that the amount of sprays, and again, people are very much conscious of the environment and that you've really reduced the number of sprays being used. That's an extra cost really from 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 a production point of view.
3: Oh yeah, of course. It's uh your yields will be affected straight away anyway. What we tend to do now, people might see you going around with a sprayer and they think, Jesus, he's he's spraying the, the life out of them. But most of the time what goes into the sprayer now is feeds. It's mm. just organic feeds yes. to try and keep the crop healthy so it's not stressed. So... It won't leave Indies disease. as i said
1: in the intro when you mentioned balanacorti you're synonymous here with the um, with that early potato with that quality potato how proud are you to keep on that tradition how aware of you of that balanacorti name and when you do, talk to customers right around from dublin galway down um how proud are you of that tradition? Yeah, Sure, look, I, I'm obviously very proud of it. I wouldn't be at it if I wasn't. Yeah. And
3: I suppose that's what got me into it, was I wanted to keep the tradition going. And then suddenly you have a family, and then you have to provide for them. Yeah. So it turns out of, uh, into tradition and a business at the same time. So because, it works, because you, know, yeah. you get through the bad days too when you have that attitude.
1: Of course, and you have that passion for it, and you need that, really. It's in your DNA, and it's so important. It's like a good, a good dairyman. It's 24-7. And you're a 24 seven man when it comes to bellicorty potatoes and collies. Yeah. Well, look, we we'll do our best and we yeah. try and keep it well, going. well Carl, it's a fabulous story. I'm delighted to hear that you're keeping up such a great tradition. And as you say, obviously you have the Kylies, Morrisies and all, and other families have been involved. But you keep. have loads of advisors as well, yes. which I've, is brilliant. I was just going to say, <laughs> there's a lot of expertise here, of and I'm sure there's a lot of camaraderie hon- and, hon- and hundreds
3: of years of experience. Yeah. When you hear them
1: up, in the yeah. local pub at the weekend, as they
3: well, tell actually. you what they, you do wrong fast and they tell you what you do right. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes that's the the, the best well way. Colin
1: you're doing an awful <laughs> lot right I, I, I'm I, delighted for you and indeed for all your family and what you've done with your Balnacorti produce shop there at the friary in Duxpool and supplying the, as we mentioned the country store and of course Johnny Lynch fruit and veg as well as wholesalers nationwide keep up the great work and best of luck with the rest of this year's crop thanks very much Please God you'll be here next year But Wofford people are encouraged to submit names of loved ones lost or injured in farm accidents for inclusion in the annual remembrance service organised, of course, by Embrace Farm. Here for you is the title of this year's event and joining us on the line is the founder of Embrace Farm from County Leash, Brian Rohan. Brian, welcome back to our programme. Thanks very much, Karen. Brian, firstly, I've interviewed you several times. You set up this Embrace Farm basically on the back of your own tragedy, losing your own dad. So without rehashing the whole piece for people who haven't heard the story, you're on a farm with your dad one day when tragedy struck and unfortunately you lost your your dad from that accident.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually 9 years ago this week here in- that's excellent. And um, he was just taking a machine apart down the yard when it came apart sooner than expected. He received a blow to the head and rushed to Fulhamore Hospital. And following a brain scan that was sent to Dublin that confirmed there was nothing could be done, he would either be left severely brain damaged or he'd pass away in the next couple of days. Which the decision was taken off us, so and we had to switch off life support then. So it was a tough time for the whole family. And we decided to set up Embrace Farm just as a memorial day once a year to remember our loved ones. But from the stories we got in from families throughout the country, we had to go a step further and put in. A, a proper support mechanism for them which has been very successful and we're heading into our 8th annual remembrance service this Sunday
1: and of course it's really um, its it's been amazing people to talk about not alone losing people but also the serious injuries and we know from our own family back in Copper Queen about the um, impact of a serious injury and of course the fatalities on top of that getting people to talk and get involved in that whole discussion is so important.
2: Absolutely. Now, we have a brilliant survivors group going there. They have their own WhatsApp group going, and they also meet up whenever possible pre COVID. And, and they've met up a couple of times post COVID now with all regulations in place. But, you know, to see the messages in the group there, some of them could be having a tough day, and they just send a message there, you know, lads, I'm finding a tough today. And the next thing, there could be 15 or 20 messages back at them straight away saying, look, what, if you want to give me a ring, ring me, or all the messages come in to keep them going. And that's, there can be an awful lot of guilt with people surviving accidents even do you know what I mean you know their friends or loved ones could have been killed and maybe someone else survived the accident and you know the mental strain and struggle there on some of them is just it's truly immense and to see them coming from where they've been to where they are now it's just a great sense of relief I suppose for us too
1: And Brian I suppose last year epitomised when, when the COVID struck and would you go ahead would you not go ahead what would you do but inquiries and the support you got to do something and to keep this fantastic annual event going must have given you a great lift
2: Absolutely do you know we're solely dependent on fundraisers from different clubs and organisations MACRA have been tremendous sus there since we started about doing fundraisers and last year we thought we were going to have no fundraisers and yet they came on board again and they rallied around us as we're doing virtual walks and different things like that and then some of the egg companies out there did their own fundraisers within house and the, you know, the money stayed coming in keep us going and keep us afloat it's, it's just tremendous support
1: to us all So as it regards Sunday once again it's online and I know just before we talk about Sunday one man that you've been inviting year on year unfortunately for various reasons couldn't couldn't attend as Ooktron the Heron and Michael D Higgins our president and I was delighted to hear that he invited both yourself Norman and family up to Oris and Ooktron to um re- really honor what you've achieved in embrace.
2: Yeah, we were delighted to get the invite earlier in the week and we were up there and we have a tree got from the president now which will be planted in Abbey in remembrance of all the farmers that have been killed throughout Ireland and while we were up there then he got us to ring the peace bell um, in remembrance of all the farmers that have been killed and seriously injured in the farms of Ireland so it was great to get acknowledgement from the highest office
1: mm. in the country. And when you see the stats Brian like uh, 2011 to 2020 210 lives lost on farm related accidents and then when you look down at number of accidents per year you're talking about 2,500 accidents per year but it's huge but it's so important there's a better awareness out there but unfortunately accidents are still happening week on week year on year.
2: That's the thing that, look, the accidents always happen unfortunately for a lot of families the fatalities happen from the accidents but there's a lot of minor accidents happening there in the Irish era ambulance there. We've been in touch with them and they said, sort "If of, I think, so far this year they've been out to 38 farm accidents. So it's fairly serious that the ambulance is needed for a farm accident. it have been 38 of those already and we're only halfway through the year. And the whole thing with COVID then, when children were off school and we're heading into a busy time now, summer holidays are approaching this week for national school kids. There'll be more kids running around farms and, you know, it's just a time to be mindful of all that as well.
1: As regards Sunday, obviously, obviously it's online the ecumenical Remembrance Service live from 2pm so on a yeah. and broadcast again on uh, on July 4th on RT but as regards people to get involved and to tune in and I know this year as you're uh, you're, you're calling it Here For You which, which really says it all Embrace Farms Here For You campaign
2: Yeah we just encourage people to log into our website EmbraceFarm.com The see it live from 2 o'clock if any of your listeners there has lost somebody in the last few years and maybe haven't been in touch with us already they can drop us the name of their loved one at info at EmbraceFarm.com or they can send a message at 085 double six and include a photo of their loved one which will be included during their service and the name will be read out on the day as well
1: info at embracefarm.com I think it says it all and last year you had over 220 names were honoured and I think it just shows you the impact and indeed the great work that uh, and the people appreciate it Brian to yourself Norman all involved in Embrace Farm you're doing great work best to look with the big event this weekend as you say it's live stream from 2 o'clock www.embracefarm.com or info at embracefarm.com and you'll get more information and RTE will cover it live on Sunday morning, week the fourth of July. Brian, keep up the good work yourself and Norma. I'm delighted that you're honoured by President Higgins, rightly so. And keep up the great work of Embrace Farm for people, unfortunately, who have lost loved ones, or indeed fatal injuries, or serious injuries on farm. Thanks for taking our call. Thanks very much, Kieran. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
2: with GlanbiaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hand.
1: And welcome back to part two of Farm View. Now, before we talk to Henry de Bromet, who last week received the prestigious Freedom of Waterford, let's have a look at some items from our farming calendar. Turning to our marts, great to see ringside buyers, as we said, back again around the ring each week at our local marts. This Saturday morning in Waterford Ross Mart in New Ross, cattle sales from half nine, calf sales from ten. While Dungarvan's Mart on Monday will have calf sales running from half past ten, with cattle sales from eleven. And remember, all sales are now online at livestocklive.com. Turning to our farmer markets and country markets, and what an array of markets we have right around the city and county each week. This Saturday morning, Watford Farmers Market, John Robert Square, Tremore Farmers Market, Priest Road Tremore, and also this Saturday morning, strably Farmers Market running from ten until one every Saturday morning. Sunday, Lismore Farmers Market at the picturesque Castle Avenue Lismore running from ten till four every Sunday, while at Moore Farmers Market up and running again each Sunday, just off the beach car park, every Sunday from eleven until three. Thursday mornings, as usual, it's Dungarvin Farmers Market every Thursday morning, Grattan Square, Dungarvin from nine until two. While on Friday mornings we've done. Garden Country Markets at Scoutsden and Abbeyside from 9 till 1. And also on Friday mornings, we have Warford Farmers Market in St. Olives Hall, also running from 9 until 1. While on the show jumping front, the Shannon House Equestrian Centre unregistered summer leagues are back up and running every Friday from 5. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR.
2: With GlenviaConnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more.
1: Honey Circle and Rachel Blackmore. It's a beautiful straight. Eleven victories for Honey Circle. She is the winner of the Unibet Champion Hurdle. Vanilla Indo is all out, flat out, but he wins the Gold Cup.
0: Put the kettle on. Wins again at the Festival, and the mayor fights them off to take the championship. Having Rachel on our side was brilliant as well. You need everything to go right for you, which it did. Look, just, it's just incredible that the whole thing fell into place like it did. Manala Times for J.P. Manus, Henry de Bromhead and more significantly Rachel Blackmore history in the national Manila Times wins.
1: Well a very special presentation was held at Tremor Racecourse last week when knocking butler's Town trainer Henry de Bromhead received the prestigious Freedom of Watford presented by the Mayor of Watford City and County Mayor Damien Gagan at a special presentation in Tremor to recognise his historic achievements this year with his unbelievable achievements at Cheltenham where he became the first trainer in racing history to train the winner of the Champion Hurl Champion Chase and Gold Cup in the one year, and followed up with the biggest of them all, the Antigra National in Liverpool. Well, after the presentation, Henry de Brom had spoke and said how humbled and honoured he was to receive this award. From the people of Waterford.
0: I should like I said, it's just an incredible honour. Something I never thought could happen to me. Obviously, as I said, it's I'm sort of representing a team. So it's it's for all of us really and and um, as, as I said earlier on I'd love to thank all the all the councillors and the mayor. It's, it's just it's an incredible uh award Henry, to receive.
1: It's unbelievable we're here in Tremor, just out the road, you're stabled, you were born and bred Nocking Butlerstown, you've put Nocking Butlerstown on the map, not alone in Ireland, but but further or a field. You're growing up there with your dad. The fact your dad had a winner in Cheltenham back in ninety three, was that really the icing on the cake for you to decide, this is where I want to go, get involved with the horses? Or had you decided well before that big win for your dad with Fisher
0: Seal in 93? Um, I Yeah, I always wanted to be involved with the horses. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to train. I'd seen how tough it was. And I think I'd spend a lot of my time trying to avoid it and uh, tried various aspects of the industry. Uh, obviously worked in Coolmore in various places. And um, they were amazing words from Sir Mark, who, who was, uh, you know, he 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 was, uh, he was an amazing man to work for, and um, and fair play to Willie Butler, who's actually Sir Mark used to take an assistant for two years, and then he'd kick you out and he'd take another one, and when uh, Willie turned up there, he decided that was the end of it, and like he'd follow people like William Haggis, David Loader, some of the top trainers around, and he decided William was the was the man who was going to take over? So that's some credit to him. You know, another Waterford man. So did that help you make up your mind? Training for for you? Well, I said to Sir Mark, I said, I'm not sure if if it's what I want to do, and he sort of said, Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't, that wasn't that didn't bode well. <laughs> did you ring Harry at home and say i <laughs> yeah. getting sick that. That definitely didn't bode well. So uh, I went to Coolmore again and. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always got dragged back, lured, lured back to, to it. And uh, when Dad got, uh, b- became sick there, I, I said, um, uh, he said he was going to pack it in and it just seemed the right moment to do it. So, uh, yeah, and thankfully we've, we've never looked back. Uh, we've glanced around our shoulder a good few right. times, but we've never looked back.
1: And here, it's ironic again, in the year 2000, the huge day here, the only race track that had a race meeting on New Year's Day at the Millennium Day, getting the winner that day, here in Tremor and to be back here this must mean extra special for you the fact we're here in the Tremor Racecourse and well done to Owen and Carlin and the directors of Tremor for having everyone here indeed Mayor Gagan and the councils for honouring you but I think it's just fitting that you're here today do you feel something special the fact that it's on here at Tremor
0: Racecourse where it all started for you? Yeah very much so I always say it like a winner here is better than anywhere you know you're with your pre-Covid you're with your friends your family it's just it's it's brilliant I I, I love Tremor and as you say our first my first winner here yeah you know we've so much history with the track my father my grandfather there's it's nowhere been, better it's home there's nowhere better Henry
1: Cheltenham to you has been very very special and you've had nine winners coming into this year I interviewed you the week before Cheltenham obviously with Covid I wasn't down the stables but you said that you felt you had a very strong team the fact you had such a strong team and, and a string going over was there extra pressure on Henry the Bromad more than ever and did Honeysuckle winning the opener relieve that bit of pressure like because Honeysuckle was the hot favourite she had been unbeaten Rachel on board was that win extra special in the sense that at least minimum you had the champion hurdle?
0: yeah you always go there thinking if you can get one or I do yeah, when there's hot favourites like her she's an unbeaten record yeah she, she was a big one yeah definitely and to get you know I think for Rachel and I that yeah. was a, a, a great start Now, as we all
1: know and well mentioned you trained six winners an unbelievable achievement you know up at 15 but the three big ones then we went on to the champion chase of course it was your third time winning it your first big win sizing so Europe back in 2010 and then the gold cup the pressure coming into the gold cup you two fancied runners what way did Henry De Bromit feel that morning do you really feel obviously there was a horse that won here in Tremor Balco de flow, Flo, or your uh, back to the flow, but also um, Album Photo with Willies and other fancied
0: horses how was your feeling going into the Gold Cup or was this bonus territory for Henry De Bromit it was probably getting into it uh, like I, I I, just don't I try not to expect too much and just hope always and actually after the week we had had I was kind of nearly ready to pack up and head home and just wrap the horses up in cotton wool and whatever you know when you have the calibre of the horse that we we have at the moment you know whatever happens you just want them coming back in in one piece so I was probably thinking along those lines and um, but yeah it was just incredible seeing it unfold um, to see them both taking each other on over the The second last The fact you had
1: two had you mixed emotions coming to the last obviously you were hoping for a win but uh, the fact you had two you have to pinch yourself my god two in contention for the biggest of them all the Gold
0: Cup Yeah it was incredible like even thinking back on it now um, yeah Absolutely, like, uh, and and of course, I was looking at Paul Townend on album photo, going, "Oh no, my two are going to cut their throats, and and they're gonna, they've gone too soon, and he's going to come and beat us." It's just, uh, it was just surreal, really. Well, before I go on the racing and show jumping
1: front, we had a good week again for local Watford connections. Cross Channel, Don Garvin, Jock Trevor Whelan was back in the winners' enclosure at Chepstow i while up at Down Royal, a good winner for Capit trainer Declan Queeley who's on a great run at present. Now on the show jumping front, a lot of qualifiers happening right around the the country. Of course, for the Upcoming RDS, and indeed, great to see so many people already qualified from both ponies and the horse riders. On the pony and young Ireland qualifiers, I want to say well done to Shea Healy of Copper Queen and also young rider Emma O'Connor of Copper Queen, who've both qualified. Well, on the horse qualifiers, the following have qualified. Talam Keane has two horses qualified, Talam of course, Magnus, Gemma Feele of Kappa has two horses qualified, Sarah O'Connell of Tallow, Pally O'Donnell of Fenner, Francis Connor has two horses qualified, Ty Beecher from Tallow also has a horse qualified, along with Tony O'Donoghue of Tallow. So well done all round. A few more qualifiers to go. And let's hope we'll have a good Watford showing at the RDS this August. Well, that's it for this week's programme. So once again, my thanks to Ollie and Sean for all their help in putting this week's programme together. So stay safe, keep up the protocol, and hopefully I'll have your company again same time next week. FarmView with Kieran O'Connor on WLR.
0: With
2: GlanbiaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hand.
0: With the Lucky Lance Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.